Welcome to the Challenge Chronicles. I'm Devin Jordan. Today I'm here with Mr. TJ and Mr. Rob. We are here to discuss <laughs> episode two of Spies, Eyes, and Allies. We wanted to give a couple, uh, before we get started, we wanted to give a shout out to a couple of our patrons. Tori, I'm going to butcher this, uh, so please forgive me. Tori, Chenev, I'm sorry, uh, and Max Posner, slightly easier one to say. We really appreciate your support. And everything that you've done for the podcast, it helps us be able to produce more and better content. If you yourself would like to come, become a patron and listen to more content that, uh, than you're currently hearing from us today, you can go to patreon.com slash the challenge chronicles and subscribe for $4 a month. We try and do one additional episode per week. Last week, we continued with our best episode ever series for the challenge where we discussed Benedict Laurel uh, from War of the Worlds 2. Had a great conversation, uh, and we keep doing other ra- random bonus stuff uh, well, each Hey, week. and before you go further, Devin, for those of you that had not watched Benedict Laurel and wanted to watch before you listened, Paramount Plus added the War of the Worlds 2 season today. So if you subscribe to Paramount Plus, you can watch Benedict Laurel and then check out that bonus episode. I legit think we can almost do a part two of that podcast and just continue talking about that episode <laughs> for another hour. We probably easy. could have. I mean, we talked about on it. We could talk about that episode for three hours. Yeah. Oh, easy. Like, yeah. There was there was so much that we just didn't even talk about. Yeah. When we do. Yeah. So when we get to. So this brings up if you're listening, if you're a newer listener to, our, listener to us, you were probably not aware that how we originally started. And one of the main things that we do is we go back and watch the older seasons and uh, do a podcast or, or a number of podcasts on each of the older seasons and go episode up by episode, scene by scene of an older season. We just got done with the first two episodes of The Ruins, yeah. and we've done all the way from the original Battle of the Seasons through the first two, episode, uh, two episodes of The Ruins. When we do War of the Worlds 2, I, I don't even know if we should do it again or if we should just... just Post that no, episode. we should if definitely we, do. We just said we could talk about it for another two. That, hours. That's going to be its own episode. Yeah, it would no, be. Like, I mean, we, dude, we, if we did, we'll... dude, if we did the episode with Wes, because those are ninety-minute episodes too. Rob, think about it. Like, if we did the episode with Wes, we've got a lot episode, of time before we we get. Yeah, to we World got a good ways too. to go. We're so, still just I mean, who, who even knows what podcast minute. inventions will occur by then? So, I mean, it's going to be like a decade from now at the rate that we're. <laughs> I feel it's going to definitely. I feel like it's going to be like Battle of the Seasons, where we cover like the first. We do like the first maybe four episodes, the next one, and the next eight, and then just like, all right, let's just get through these. That's my yeah. show here. But right. yeah, so for those of you that aren't Patreons, the full archive of everything we've done is on Patreon. Right now, we only have two or three seasons up that are the Chronicles. So check them out. Good stuff. We are here today to talk about Spies, Lies, and Allies episode two. I thought this episode was all right. It was pretty good. I uh, thought the mission was bad, and I thought the rest of it was very good. I am 100% oh, okay. in Rob's court. The mission Dude. was terrible. The rest of the episode was very good. Sweet yeah. Jesus. I mean, okay. I, when I saw when I saw the setup for what the mission was going to be, in my mind, I just thought, I was, holy I, I was like, oh my god. We, I really, really would want to see their market research data on like what segment of the fan base is like all in on these missions that spend more time, like spent more in their investment budget and explosions than... Like actually interesting things happen. It's like we've talked about this so much, and if you're listening and you're one of the producers, you can't do this shit. Like you can't have how many pairs do they have at this point, Bob? How many they they have? They have sixteen, right? Because they only eliminated one pair. Sixteen pairs. You can't have sixteen pairs and have two of the pairs go at once, and so that's eight groups at that point. You can't just have them go and do the same thing over. It's, the most, it's also over not even like and over and over. It's also it's, like it's not even like they're doing like an athletic event. Like it's no. not like they're doing. There's not because like there's some missions that take a long time. Like the second mission in War of the Worlds one, um, it's like the one where they have to run through and find the ball, and they run through, then they get their, the ball to the partner in the mud pit, and they have to run through the mud pit and they attack each other. There's at least a lot of stuff happening. This but they're just tossing things down from a helicopter. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a it's a lame version of cornhole. It's just difficult to tell who's actually doing well, right? Because you're just mm-hmm. seeing snapshots of what's going it's on. It's literally just the results of the end. It's like, oh, well, Emmanuel yeah. and Casey, 28. They did a good job. Yeah, did and good. the thing, uh-uh. I mean, the only thing I can say that was good about it is thank God, because as long as they took on the first couple rounds, I was like, are we really going to sit through 30 minutes of this mission? Because that's the pace we're going. Thankfully, the last few rounds, they sped it up and just was like, okay, they, we just need to show 15 seconds of this. And thank God I mean, thank they did, God. because... 
it was it was brutal. Like I get what they were going for, but it just was overkill. And then it was even more overkill. I mean, shoot, they spent more on pyro than they did on all of the missions combined from All Stars. They need to. We've talked about this before. This is definitely one of those missions where I'm sure it's way more fun to participate in than it is yep. to watch. Completely agree. Yeah, I mean, it must just—it must be just one of those one for them, one for the cast missions that they they just have to do a couple of to keep them interested. But what do you think? Like, I feel like they should be engaged no matter what it is, though. Mm. Like, I think if you're risking your cast not being engaged because your mission is boring, that's already a problem. Your cast should be engaged because they're competing on a show already. Think about the drone mission from last season. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. That mission, the cast hated and the viewers hated it. So, you know, nobody was happy. <laughs> Who? So are this, I want to know if the same people that did the missions for All-Stars do the missions for this season. Is it the same people? I'm sure there's some if, fluidity in who's involved. Because yeah. it seems like the quality of mission that we got on All-Stars is pretty distant from what we've experienced on the main show for a while. Yeah, it, it it just is. Yeah, I, I, ho- I mean, hopefully this is that the rest of these missions won't be that bad. I thought the one from the yeah. first episode was good. The one from next week seems like it's going to be fine. And yeah, ho- hopefully they just keep them in that vein. I would agree. We won't spoil it for people that don't watch the previews, but the mission for next week does look way more interesting than this was. It looks like there's multiple teams going at the same time, stuff like that. So it, it's it, not even like this is like a skills based mission at all. I mean, they're just tossing the bags from a helicopter. Again, we will offer our services to <laughs> consult on. The thing is, we'll this... also, we'll also trim their budget by like 80%. Like that's gotta be, that's, just, that's part of our pitch here. I don't know. dude. I bet you a lot of these people make way less than you think. Just I'm saying, trim their budget of like their helic of the explosions budget. They don't. We don't need. Oh that. yeah, no, you don't need that. Crap. <laughs> I mean, that. think about okay. this mission, okay? Seriously, think about the money. You rented a helicopter. You've got the fuel. You've got the pilots. You have two Range Rovers. You have the two people that are have to be stunt licensed stunt the, drivers, the stunt drivers to, to and do that. The helicopter drivers. The, well, I already said that. The helicopter crew. Oh, okay. And then you had all the barricades, and TJ drove in in a Lambo. It weighed all the explosions. Yeah, I mean, literally, this one mission I mean, costs more I mean, they're, they're than every thing mission they combined sh- from All Stars. Literally, well, their first thing when they show up to location must be all right. Where's the nearest runway, and where's the nearest like rundown explosive store? Like that's just got to be their first two, their first two hookups, right? Like, are they shipping these things in from the state? You think, or are they just buying them there? I bet they ship in a lot. And there's yeah. probably some of both. It, it, it is just beyond ridiculous at this point. Like yeah. the, whoever the pyrotechnician is at MTV must have like a lot of stake. Well, the one so, thing that is a positive about missions like this, and this is me trying to find the shining light in everything. At least they're spending money on this show. You know, it used to be they yeah. were pinching pennies so tight they screamed. Now at least they've opened the purse strings, but maybe there's too much of a good thing. Maybe they need to like, Okay, we have this much budget for this mission. Maybe we don't need to use all I of mean, it. Th- this is the equivalent of the Jets just like blowing their entire bank load on Le'Veon Bell. Like it that, really that's is. What doing. It really is. Yes, that's what it is. Ho- yep. Hopefully, that they end up cutting the explosions out of their budget, like uh, the, the Jets did with Bell. We could. Li- I am confident that we could come up with a significantly better product with a quarter of the budget. Uh, I mean, I think a reapportioned budget. Yeah. We, like, dude, like we, you don't need this crap. Like, what, like realistically, what are you doing with a helicopter? I, I just say, I think there has to be some type of like testing market research data. There just has to that they have to be looking at. I don't, Rob. I think you're giving them way too much credit. I think this a is lot a of multi-million this, dollar operation, dude. Uh, Rob, I think a lot of this is like we have the money, we might as well spend it, right? Yeah. And we'll so, spend it on something else. Give them a better I house. I agree. I agree with you. <laughs> I think it's like they're being like negligent with like how they're investing it. Or if you're going to do a mission like this, there's a few tweaks they could have made that wouldn't have cost them that much more money that would have made it way more interesting. So, um, you know, you, you know what I would do with the money? So, or no, finish. I didn't mean to cut you off. Finish what you were about to yeah. say. And then I'll no, say. there's a couple things they could have done to make this way more interesting in terms of viewership. Um, if you're going to do the helicopter piece of this and you're going to do the Range Rover piece of this, you know, you have a runway so instead of it being so like just strap and throw, 
what if you're throwing, you know, different sized objects down, like really make it a little bizarre what they're throwing down there, make it harder to catch because I mean, the teams that did bad were just terrible, but the teams that did well, it was just like playing a carnival game. They were just dropping it and it was just, you know, going straight in, just try to make the objects differing in size. So that it's at least a little more interesting. And then the other thing they could have done is put stakes on it. We've talked about this. There was, yeah. that no there stakes. was n- no stakes. Everybody knew. Uh, Especially for the veterans. Yeah, Emmanuel and Casey, the moment they went, they immediately knew, okay, at least Casey is going to win. Other Because none of these other rookies are going to do it, just based on performance that we're having here. So what incentive was there for Kyle and Amanda to like kick ass here? Very little. Yeah, it's. I'm telling so, you, I just they, they need to award points based on performance in the mission. You spend those points on advantages yeah. throughout the game. It's 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 the it's the way to fix. There there was an episode where you weren't on where I brought the, brought this up with Trace. Uh, I even said that even if I think what you what you said is a, a a really good idea. Also, what they could do is something where that determines how much your vote is actually worth when you vote for yeah, that specific I, round. Yeah, I think that'd be something similar, but I'd be cool if that something like that too. Something like that, where you you're rewarding the performance in the mission. Um, so what I was going to say is, instead of spending all this money on explosions, you know what we're going to do with this money? We're going to invest this money on the fucking cast, and we're going to get some blue chip people out there, and we're going to make a better show. I mean, I actually will agree with you to a point. I actually think that the majority of these rookies they've cast, while they might not be all athletic monsters, there's some really good personalities that started to emerge. I think this emerge. cast has been pretty good so far. So, like, I'm willing yeah, to not, pump the brake a little bit there. That's not me hating on this cast. It's saying that we yeah. can do better than this cast, right? Like, wh- you, we like can, you, can, you, you can think that this cast is good and still think that you can have a better cast. Sure. I mean, I, I think, yeah. We can get into it now so we don't just have the first 45 minutes of this episode be us complaining about the situation. When I when we called, I think this was actually a pretty good episode. Yeah, I didn't Absolutely. think it was bad at all. Yeah. If you, yeah, like I Rob think, said, uh, we got plenty of drama with Nelson working his love triangle, triangle back and forth. With, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shocker. I mean, only one episode for that to explode. I think that actually went over on the, the betting line there, though. <laughs> I expected it to explode before the end of the preview episode. That's how <laughs> tenuous I felt that thing was. Yeah, I'm curious what happens from there. So, if this, Rob, before we get into any of this, let's talk about everything that happened that we found out between last week and this week. Oh, okay, gosh, yeah, we should cover so that. Let's just talk about this now. We can try to move through it somewhat quickly, but there, I mean, there's a lot that happened. Uh, the, the best resource that I found for this is Michelle, Amanda, and Ashley did an Instagram Live where they were pretty open about talking about the situation from the quarantine that we had previously discussed um, and all the circumstances surrounding that. Um, so essentially like how much of it do we want to get into? Like all of it, go just do it quick. Oh, Christ. Okay. So, I mean, so basically what happened was that we had, the, there was a COVID outbreak amongst the cast that we know of. That's part, that's why Nama sent home. He was diagnosed with COVID from what we know. And then his symptoms were bad enough where he was not able to continue in the game. Multiple other contestants were also diagnosed with COVID. Big T was mentioned. Berna was mentioned. I forget who the other ones were, but a couple other people were mentioned. Their symptoms were noticeable, but from what we understand, they were okay enough where they could continue on. There was a 10-day quarantine in between, like, the first mission and once the elimination happened, which just thinking about it in your head is crazy that there was the, that, a 10-day gap there. Uh, and that had uh, multiple other factors because so when that quarantine happened, Trace, you you can chime in on this part of it because I'm not I'm not sure about this. Yeah. So from so, what I understand, the cast was part of the, the quarantine happens. Part of the cast is in the house, and part of the cast is in hotels. Or like, well, how did that situation work? Yep. So originally, they tried to quarantine everybody in the house, which I think is accurate. Okay. Like, I haven't been able to 100% double source this, but it seems accurate enough from what I've heard. But then some of the people that were showing more symptoms, they were eventually moved. And there was also a lot of drama about them shutting the gym down. Okay, well, we can talk about, I can we can talk talk about, about that in a minute. That. But yeah. basically, yeah. So some of the people eventually that had more symptoms got pulled out of the house. Like Nam was moved out of the house. Big T was moved out of the house. Stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, there you go. So with the gym situation, that's actually pretty important because um, 
So since the house was divided like that, apparently somebody that was in the hotel as part of the quarantine said that they thought it was unfair for people to still be allowed to use the gym at the house because the people in the hotel couldn't use the gym and couldn't stay in shape, which I think is somewhat valid. Like, I don't think that's a bad claim. Um, and then for whatever reason, everybody assumed it was Corey L. I never heard why that was the case, if it was just somebody trying to start something like we saw Josh try to do this episode um, or if there was yeah, actually anything. That's rumor that. could be true, could be false. Yeah, I, but... I have zero clue for, as to why that was. Yeah. Um, so that's I, can un- a- I, I can understand why the person in the hotel felt that way. But it's like, think about all the people stuck at the house that have nothing to do. Like they're, I mean, they, they don't have anything to do either in the hotel. I know, but if you can work out, I mean, that's a good way to chew up a couple hours a day. Yeah, and it's I, like, I, I kind of, I buy what they're saying. Where it, it is like, imagine if in like the NBA, half the teams are allowed to practice, half the teams aren't based on where they are. Like that's just not that's not going to. I mean, that happened. <laughs> no, they they had. I mean, look, I mean, who knows what they were actually up to? But they, yeah. they had consistent practice restrictions. I get um, it. Was I, if I'm in the hotel, I'm going to at least try to make that argument. But it doesn't hold a whole lot of water for me. It's just like, hey. It sucks that you're in the hotel. It sucks that you tested positive for COVID, but like you're not going to punish the rest of the cast that that's fine. Like, sorry. Like, I get the point, but I just don't buy that. It's also, I mean, 10 days is a long time. Like, yeah. That's a long, a long, in the scope of this show, where usually these, it goes mission elimination confessional in a three, four day span. That's a long time. Yeah. Um, so, so that means, go ahead. Sorry. Well, so then I think that also played partially into. So the, I think the ten day quarantine also did not help the survivor players. Um, there was they were also told that they were being pushed to the side. Like people were trying to push them out of the group once you know everybody's getting ground for a while. Which makes this episode seem super random because after last week, where they were all pretty much on the fence, there was no mention of uh, the remaining sur- survivor people going in when they easily could have. Well, so. Kells apparently, and you saw some of it this episode, but a lot of the thing is that he did a lot of homework coming into this episode. I mean, you even saw him mention a lot of stuff that's from the show that, like, you would, like, Hall Brawl, like, he mentioned that by name. Like, he, he so he had, from every, what everybody understood, he had a very good understanding of the show, and it's awesome. Six foot six football player. Like, come on, dude. Uh, so I, I think he just had such a blaring target on his back. I know Michelle, and too, well, she, something happened with the two of them where she was kind of peeved at him. Yeah, for, um, for anyone that was, on board with this apparent rookie alliance for the idea that they would be able to pull their shit together. It's just... So the the thing is, for... There was just no way it was going to happen. The thing is, because the thing is that you need all of them, which is the problem. Because, like, I think clearly we can see there are some people who know what they're up to. I think Kells clearly knew what he was up to. He, He got really screwed this episode in, like, 17 different ways. Um, and then Priscilla, I think she's shown some understanding of what she's got with Tasha was also involved in that conversation. I would think Ed, it seems like he kind of knows what's like, he knew he was yeah. about to get thrown in. I've been um, very impressed with that to this point. Yeah. I, I like the energy he brings too. He, he brings a fun energy to me. Uh, but the thing is, it's just like, you don't just need like, you know, six or seven smart people to know what's going on. You need, you need Gabo, you need Bettina, you, you need everybody to be on the scene. You need Gabo any. who's just happy to be there and doesn't really know why he's you need there, Bettina but he's happy to and, be on American television. You need Bettina and her, like, oh, I, I don't even, her nine second laugh to, to be on the same page. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was going to bring this up. You know what her laugh sounded like? It sounded like a donkey with asthma. Like that is oh, how. I don't even think. I don't even think her laugh is the most ridiculous part of that scene. I thought like <laughs> it was Corey's, Corey's turn. Cor- no, Corey's hair is one of the most ridiculous haircuts I've ever seen. Really? We I didn't do, even notice Corey's hair. Dude, we should do like the loser of some bet this season has to do their hair like Corey. <laughs> well, 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 I don't think anybody hair is long this. enough to pull that off. That's part of the bet. You have to grow it long enough to be able to do it. <laughs> but I will not participate in that the, bet. The counterpoint to the fall of the rookie alliance is the success of the veteran alliance to this point. It it appears to be uh, as healthy as can be uh, when there were numerous opportunities for it to go south. Tori could have told Kells. Fessy could have thrown in a veteran to go in against Kells who would have assuredly gone home. Everyone has stayed the course. Yeah, I mean, Esther could have just decided not to vote with Fessy, too, and that could have thrown a wrench into things. Um, I did think Kels handled himself very well in the deliberation when Josh oh tries to gaslight God, him. Dude. And he's just like, 
Holy. No, I'm not doing that. And if I was doing that, you are not the, uh, somebody who's tactically astute enough to be able to catch <laughs> on to it. No, here, I have the exact quote. Where is it, dude? Oh, dude, I, he, they, he really, I really want him to come back. I was really I do. Yeah, so, I really like. Let, him. Let's set the scene. Episode. So Josh calls out Kells. He says that he's heard that he's been scheming uh, and making deals with rookies and veterans alike to be able to go to the end with them. Kells has not been doing this. This is just Josh's ploy to try and get Kells thrown in by the house into elimination. And jo- Kells goes, Josh, no offense. You aren't known to be the tactic, the tactical smartest person in the room. And then in quote, and then he goes on to say, if there was anyone that was going to like catch him doing that, it's not going to be him. <laughs> <laughs> Kells has definitely watched the challenge before. By yeah, that he's de- he definitely knows what he's doing. Um, and the thing is, Josh really didn't even have to do that. I mean, they could just vote him in. Yeah, it was kind of dumb on his part, but it made for good television. I think he did it because everybody knew the outcome before they walked in that room. So. I also think it's like the producers like, guys, somebody has to say something. We're not just going to sit here like idiots and have nobody talk. Somebody needs to it's talk. Like, it's like that episode of Survivor where Jeff Probst was having a tribal council and it was so bad, he just calls it off and says, okay – Y'all no, people are giving was, me nothing here. Y'all are going to walk out and you're going to walk back in and we're going to try this a second time. It wasn't It wasn't even that it was a tribal council. It was the final of Marquesas. And oh, okay. they filmed the entire final tri- tribal council and he goes, you guys are giving me fucking nothing. We're doing this again. And they just re- <laughs> recorded the final tribal council. I always wonder, are they doing that now with these explosion shots? Sorry to go back to that, but the cast can't be this excited to see these things at this point. This, this is... Listen, they see it seven times a season. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, probably not. At least I, for the I, vets. He, I mean, because the thing is with him. So he he gets targeted pretty much just because he seems like he knows what he's up to, which he does. And then he's also yeah. like six foot six football player. Must like seems like he's gonna he could be a problem. Um, the way the eliminations work is he's just randomly paired with Tracy, who just like I mean that that like I it's felt, a rough I, way to go. In, in my Notes multiple times I've written down. I feel bad for Tracy because she just did not like, see much English there, man. Well, I think her English is. If you judged all of the foreigners by the strength of their English from poorest to best, is there anyone at this point that seems like they speak worse English than her? Like no judgment on her. I mean, outside like, of Nelson, fine. that's probably it. <laughs> Who? Her and Nelson. Not, I said outside yeah. of Nelson, that's probably it. <laughs> I, and she did talk about that the language barrier in addition to just like I mean, you, you see these people in this house like it can be it can yeah. be an anxious environment if you're not prepared to go into it. So I don't think they've I don't think they've vetted her enough. I felt bad for her, but then it's really yeah. where I felt bad for her because she clearly just shouldn't have been in that environment. And I also felt bad for him because he was put with somebody who shouldn't have been in that environment. And this elimination is like I mean, there's really everything anything he can even do. He's just pulling her up and down. She just has to grab yeah. the blocks with a magnet. Like, yeah, I did so, like this elimination though. Like, I actually no, thought I this was, was pretty bad. clever. We'll get to it in a few minutes, but there's one other thing we should talk about before we get a whole lot further into this because I'm actually kind of pissed about it um, a little bit. So Lauren Coogan was unceremoniously, you know, kicked to the yeah, curb off screen, and Josh gets Amber B as his partner, which I think you know that's great. The th- and here's the thing: the producers knew from the beginning of coming home that Lauren Coogan was going to get sent home for a reason that had nothing to do with COVID. The rumor is she said something racial towards Anissa. That's the rumor. I don't know this for sure. That's the rumor. Um, and so because it was a racial situation, they just completely edited her out, edited her out of the season. Um, they advertised her in all the blogs. She did interviews for the show, all of that stuff. And she didn't even get like one second of screen time. Now I'm not condoning if it was a racial situation, what she said or what she did at all. But to me, if you're going to advertise someone and you are going to plug them and have them do interviews, you should at least show why they went home or at least explain why she went home on camera instead of just, I Hey, mean, Lauren's gone. Saving her at that point. Probably well, didn't she come out? She kind of like came out in defense of herself a little bit on social media, didn't she? Well, I think she did to somebody, but she also didn't. I didn't see her push back on why she was eliminated, though. Like she was just saying, "Oh, I was in an anxious, like you know, I had a lot of anxiety. I was in an anxious. It was one of those things where she gives reasons why that happened." I think she, but she said didn't that push she was like, gaslit, didn't she? 
Yeah. Yeah, she would do but she didn't but she did also did but like she didn't give another reason why she was eliminated though. Yeah. It's not like you know that didn't that's not why. It's like I it's mean, not like Lolo where Lolo says that Lolo can't re- she probably can't reveal why, right? Probably. Probably, or maybe, maybe she can. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I mean, I, I really, the, what happens here? This is just another Eddie situation from Vendettas, which everybody forgets about because it, I mean, he was on camera situation. for zero seconds. He he's shown like helping Johnny up the hill. That's all he gets. Um, and then I so for him, what happened was he was also in all the promotional footage. If you go back and look at it, I mean, he, there's plenty of stuff where he's in the, involved with Cam and with Alicia and his whole storyline that was supposed to be for that season. Um, and then him was actually. This, this is a horrendous job on their production department. But apparently, again, allegedly, Alicia had a restraining order on him um, from a different incident on that season. And then he's also, like, they found out about it, like, there. And then he's removed from the show, which is beyond crazy when you think about how, like, how, if that is the case, again, that their depart- legal department misses that. Um, but, like, I... I don't know, man. I, I don't feel that. I don't feel either way about it. I, I again, yeah. she hasn't given any pushback on why she was eliminated, so I would think that's why. I don't yeah. think. I, I like it. clearly her and the show did not get along, so I don't think that she's gaining anything by getting by like the show airing anything she does at all. And I, I yeah. think I, and it's also probably like if it was Anissa who was the victim in the situation, there's a decent chance she goes up to MTV and is like, "Look, I have had unfortunately multiple incidents already that have been aired of me being treated in this manner on this program. I would prefer that this one does not get." Yeah, and you know what? I don't that's... know. Like, I mean, go ahead, Trace. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. But she was doing interviews, and they were talking like she was going to be an active member of this cast, which apparently she was. It's just been edited out. But, like, don't put her out there on Front Street. No, they shouldn't because do that. They shouldn't do that. I mean, people know who she is from Love Island. Love Island's a semi-decent popular show. Like, people knew that, and then you don't show her. It's a pretty big bait and switch, in my opinion. And it's the same thing with Eddie on Vendetta's. Like he's all over the promotional materials and all this stuff, and then they just edit him out. Like, don't show someone who has a following and yank them off. If if she is getting removed, you know, say hey, she's a member of the cast, and you move on. You don't let her do interviews. You don't make a big deal out of it. You don't have her. You don't show her promotional photo as part was of the she cast. On the cast bios for the season. I'm gonna look it up now. Yes, I don't if she was or not, she was because so, I remember seeing Love Island US on there. I wouldn't have picked her on my fantasy team if they hadn't given her any um, promo time. And I'm not just saying that I'm bitter about that. I could have changed it before today, but I didn't. But here's the deal, though. It's a huge, it, to me, it's just a big bait and switch. Like, if you're not going to air this person and you're going to promote them, don't promote them. Like, don't, let's just pretend that she's not on the cast, period. And let's not put any promo materials out about her or anything like that. Let's just move on. But they didn't do that. And that's why I'm like, you know. Yeah, I, think that's, I think that's fair. So Lauren Coogan goes home. Amber B is brought in. And I feel like I will forever refer to her as Amber B, even though that there is not another Amber on this cast. Yeah. Yep. She now becomes Josh's partner. I think one of the funniest moments of this episode, there were a couple of really good ones. Both, two, two of my favorite moments from this episode. Actually, all of, I think my three favorite moments from this episode all involve Josh. The one that I'm thinking well, when he, about he right was now. Done by yeah. That, that one, this one that I'm about to talk about now, where Josh and... Bessie, they pretty much portray them, the editors being they, as the ones in the driver's seat this episode. Well, De- De- they don't right- even talk about Devin, but he's he's got that chess game he's playing with Josh, and I think he's the one who brings up Kells. No. No, no, no. Josh no, 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 is no, the no. one that started no, it. Josh, Josh, brings tell- him up? Okay. Josh tells Devin who they're voting for, pretty much. That's the way it's it's shown by the editors. Okay. And, and that's that's the third funniest moment, is when they're, they come together and Josh and Devin are like, oh, this is our first trusting moment together. And they kind of joke along about how now they're on the same uh, side of an alliance compared to last season. But I thought it was hilarious when Josh and Fessy, right before elimination, are talking about who they will send in versus Kells and Tracy. And they talk, for, for the men, they throw out some names. And that's when I kind of thought it was odd that out of all of the names that they threw out, they didn't throw out Tommy. And then they get to the women and they were talking about who they should throw in. And Josh is like, or Fessy's like, you know who we should throw in? And Josh looks at him and goes, who? 
And then Fessy kind of just has that look on his face, like, you know who? And he's like, no, 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 no. So my question is, over or under on the amount of episodes that Amber B will go home? Do you think she's going to get I, I would say, I think, she, I think she's got a problem this season, even with this Veterans Alliance yeah. team rolling. Because, like, they're going to get to a point where they don't need all these numbers pretty quickly. Yeah. And, like, it's one thing, because it is hard once you start the precedent of, like, chopping each other off. Those things, that can just kind of snowball. Uh, but, like, I, I just think she, because I'm not scared of going into her and against her in elimination. The only thing I'm scared of her in is in a final. So I just don't see why, if you're a woman on the show, you let her sit mm-hmm. around. And then Fessy obviously doesn't want her around because it seems like she's probably gunning for him. Yeah. I mean, right now she's in a spot where they can use her as a number, but as soon as they don't need her anymore, they're going to cut her. Because, I mean, the one thing you don't want to do on the challenge is come in late. You're going to get thrown in. Like, you just are. Because who is she really aligned with? Like, who are I, That's like, my thing with her, too. Alliance. I just, I don't see who. Okay, we're back on cue. Rob had some technical issues. This is uh, about the Pat Mayo right now. Yeah, I was like, I, when we were in the middle of going going down, I was going to message the group chat that we have with Pat and say, heaven help me. <laughs> I don't even remember what we were talking about at this point. Amber I, B. We were talking, we were talking about we were Amber talking B. About, yeah, we were talking yeah. about Fessy, Amber B, that situation, who Amber B is aligned with. Um, I, mean, I yeah, think they're I mean, both not in great spots, to be honest. You don't think Fessy is in a great spot? I think oh he's going to be. Oh my god, dude! Like, what? What do you want to like? Think of a bet you want to bet on. We've already, uh, we've already put Fessy right now. Nelson versus Fessy. Yeah, if dude, you want to put more oh, money on it, I will happily put more money. Let's triple it. Triple it. Tri- oh, let's go. All right, I am here for that. I'm putting the shit before changes his mind. He's like, if you're like, if we're talking about like good edits, he couldn't have come up any greater this episode. No, he's the MVP of this episode, dude. I would have said Josh is the MVP with Fessy a strong runner up. I mean, no, Josh dude, is like, but like, I mean, they, Josh they, got dunked dude, on pretty hard. And they the, gave, uh, they gave the, the whole like Ramadan narrative with him. Talked yep. about like how he was fasting for Ramadan. They did that before the mission. He wins the mission. He talks about like how good it felt to be able to win the mission when he wasn't sure how he would feel competing. After he's the one in the driver's seat and they make him look good throughout this entire thing. They make I, him look he looks like he's great talking competing. to Kells. Yeah, dude, he, looks, he looks fine. And yeah. then at the very end, the editors, once Kells go go home, <clears throat> they flash to Fessy and give him a confessional, and that's how you execute a plan. They just, like, the editors just make sure that they throw it's that like, in. They didn't he, have he, to, dude, they didn't have to put that in there. I, I get that. Like, I think it's funny. They're just talking not about the editors, but what, what happened. I, I thought he and Josh got pretty, like, lucky to not have a fumble along the way here. It just totally. pretty much... It could have happened, for sure. Because, like, Kel has completely called them out on it at the deliberation. I, I think, like... Well, he just really hard to say what he should do in that situation. Like, what would you have done outside of calling Kels, out... Kels does not call out Fessy at the, I mean, Josh, the deliberation. Yeah. He... I don't even remember what he... Yeah, for Josh, what does he even say to him? Um, he just pretty much tells him that well, we totally he doesn't have an alliance he- with anyone... And I, what I thought was good on what Kells did, I thought Kells handled that situation very well. One of the yeah. things that I thought he was did well is that he literally went around to a number of people in the room and was like, have I made a promise to you? Have I made a promise to you? Every single person said no. Mm-mm, that's great. If yeah. you're going to get thrown in, that's the way that you go down to actually make a compelling argument. No one was going to change their vote and put Josh in. I think everybody knew Kells was going in. The thing that still blows my mind here is the rookies still have the actual numbers here since they have individual votes. It's not a team vote. It's an individual vote still. The fact that these jabrones can't get together and vote somebody in just makes me want to start going back. I mean, we've talked about it. It's just like you have to get everybody in on it. It can't just be... Kells and Priscilla yeah. and Ed and Esther and Trey and Tasha and like yeah. whoever actually seems to know what's up. Yeah. Like, it has to be everybody. Yeah, it I think to, the it has problem. To be Dabo and Bettina, too. They have to be in on it. Like, <laughs> it's just all That's hard, the problem hard, right hard. there is half these rookies are smart enough to know that. You know, those survivor players are smart enough to know that. You know, that Kells. I wonder was... what their plan is. S- somehow it seems like they're in a good position again. I mean, we just say that it was just one episode, though. Dude, because it was so weird. So after when Fessy and Josh were going all over all of the men, 
for who to potentially throw into elimination. He says, who does he, who does he say? He says, they say, uh, Emmanuel, Coriel, throwing in Coriel again. Ed, they never say Tommy. Somehow, when they talk about the women to throw in, they say uh, Berna. They say someone else. Maybe. They don't well, they say, say Berna, Emmy, and then they head nod about Amber. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I mean, so some background to that. I know Josh and Michelle had a very good relationship going into the season. They're actually, like, legit friends and, and, you know, real life outside. So it's possible that just with the Big Brother Alliance being the driving force here that they felt like Survivor, if things do come to a point where the veterans split up a little bit more, the Survivors could be on their side instead of the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that may have been why we don't see their names mentioned here. I, I would not be surprised at all, especially now with Michelle being back on a rookie rookie pair if they're they're in trouble again next week. Yeah, I think that the way the pecking order is going right now is there's like the foreign rookies and then the survivor people and then there's like Amber B. And then there's the rest of the vets and Big Brother. That's really the hierarchy we're dealing with right now. I just think it's whoever's open. What do you mean? I think it's because, like, well, with this, it's whoever's a double rookie team for right now because yeah. you need to be able to put those ones in, and then after that, it's depending on what you want to do. This episode, they wanted the team that they the house that the house voted in. They wanted them to lose. Which, by the so, way, we haven't really said this yet. Josh and Fessy, or maybe even Josh, because Josh really started the ball rolling on this. If you're a vet, Kells was absolutely who they should have been targeted. Yeah. And yeah, the fact sure. that totally, Tori totally was the right move. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that Josh even said the fact that Tori and Kells aren't partners anymore, it's easier to pull that trigger because we don't want to put Tori in. And so the fact that he got put on a rookie rookie team, it made him easy pickings and he was by far the biggest threat. I mean, he was obviously the most athletic of all those foreign rookies. He was also the one that seemed to have watched the show and knew what was going on. He is dangerous if he can play Wes and get some of those rookies on his team and moving in the right direction. Um, so the fact that they, they were have. able to take him out, I mean, they made a great play. Like I bravo to Josh and Fessy and everybody that helped orchestrate that because they it have worked. to have Kells come back. He has to be on another. Season. Uh, he yes. has to come back. He, he was he was so, a great pick for them. I thought so, really so bad far, for him. I think they have to have Kells come back and they have to have Ed come back too. I think Kells has been, or yeah. excuse me, Ed has been really good. He brings a, he brings just like a different like kind of energy to the show. He just clearly comes in and he's he's ready to go. But he's he's obviously I mean Ivy League engineer, so he has, because there yeah. was that, that even, like really lighthearted moment even before elimination started, right? Where he gets thrown mm-hmm. in and he talks about like how he's like he's fine with it, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Or when he's when he's chatting up Nelson uh, at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, yeah. You know, I will say this: I was very skeptical of him being cast because I think The Circle is a terrible show. I hated the first couple episodes and I quit watching it. So I was not interested in this guy coming on. It's I was wrong. Not your show. He was great. Like he really was great tonight. I thought he performed well. I thought his personality was good. He's mixing it up. Like, yeah, I'm with you. Kells and Ed need to be on future seasons. Like they were how great. About, how about Emmy, by the way, calling everybody else snakes and stuff when she ratted out Michaela last week in the middle of the deliberation. And then this, like this week is like flipping so, out with the helicopter. Rob, give, and... give, give the background on that about exactly what happened with Amanda. Oh, we didn't even talk about that with the list. Um, so on the challenge aftermath show, I, I watched this week's aftermath. It didn't have as much like background info as last week's did. Um, they talked about how apparently Emmy and Cordy L were going to be the house vote uh, for elimination. That was pretty set in stone. But then Amanda uh, was talking to Emmy and was like, hey, just to let you know, it looks like you're going to be the house vote. Is there anything you can give me that would maybe move the truck to somebody else? And that's when she came up with the list that uh, Michaela had talked about earlier. All right. Um I think one of the most compelling parts of each episode is, or at least to this point in the season, is at the end of the episode when they pick new partners again. Yes. Because Ed and Emmy absolutely made the right move in the sense that they needed to pick new partners because for a second it seemed like it may not actually happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just mean, off of how he, he was phrasing... Emmy racking uh, up the crying points this episode. She, she had four separate occasions, I counted. So let's go over Emmy's decision and Ed's decision. I Ed, last week. 
acceptable, acceptable choice. I think he could have done better. I, I think he could literally replay what we said last week for what Casey he, sh- he should have done. Casey is the answer. Uh, Rob, are you in agreement? Yeah, I think that again. I'm a little bit lower on CBS than you guys are. I think Casey would have. Been, I think Tori's fine yeah. too. I just think the, he fast. the only thing that makes me go why Tori was the better pick, and maybe Ed seems to kind of know what's going on here as well politically. If you get Tory, that opens up the target on Corey L to send him back in next episode. So you don't have to piss anybody new off. You're just pissing somebody off who's already been in and is already pissed off. So to me, yeah. it might have actually been a smarter play to pick Tory this episode because he's now got a veteran partner and he gets Corey back on a rookie rookie team. So it's easy to target them again. But by that same logic, would it actually have been a good pick to pick Amanda then? Cause she's also very connected. And then Kyle goes out and then Kyle's the one who's getting a new partner. That's a vet. I mean, I think uh, Amanda would have been a great pick too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And she's clearly I, very connected as well. Oh yeah. She's been given a great edit to this point. Yeah. Uh, last episode and this episode. I mean, I think for me, she's still my like slam dunk number one. Uh, person that I think it has the best chance to win between the men and the women. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with that assessment. Um, um, and then Devin for for Emmy. Um, see, he seems connected. I just Devin is just choice. not going to show terrible. any loyalty to that pairing. Well, we said the Michelle's wasn't that bad last week. Uh, I mean, we I think we all agreed that she could have done better. Yeah, we? I yeah I just think Devin's just like. Yeah, Devin is not hesitating to push you under the bus. I, I, but I mean, most of these people aren't though. Like, it's not like there's a lot of yeah. people to pick that would. I think Nelson's maybe the pick there. I don't know who else you're really thinking. Uh, we we talked about it. I mean, that was the first person we said last week. Nelson, uh, Fessy, Corey, Kyle. It's not like Fessy or Corey or Kyle are gonna like super loyal either though. <laughs> Uh, none of the uh, male vets are going to be all that loyal. Let's be yes, real here. It's Nelson, and then I think it's everybody else. So I really think at this point, that for these rookie females especially, your best bet is to pick someone who will win a daily mission because it will keep you from yeah. being thrown in. So, so you Nelson is the to... last person you should choose. <laughs> so you really need to be pointing your fingers right now as if, well, obviously you couldn't pick Fessy this time. But, like, to me, you're looking at Fessy, you're looking at CT, and you're looking at, um, uh, I forgot his name. It doesn't matter. Those are the two people you, yeah, Corey. He's the other one you're looking for. I think that would have been fine, too. Um, yeah, I, because Kyle, sorry, I cut you off there, but Kyle is to me a bad choice because Kyle's game the last few seasons, like on vendettas, he just lied and backstabbed people left and right all, all over the place. Ever since that season, he's played a very try to float under the radar type of game. And very rarely is he going like balls out to win a daily mission. So like, he's the one that like you want him like not towards the end either because he's the vet that they all feel just fine backstabbing as recent history has shown. <laughs> so you kind of want to stay away from Kyle. All right. Let's talk about the, as we start to like cross off the list of things that we need to talk about before we wrap up the episode, let's talk about the love triangle between Nelson. Ashley, there we go. And <laughs> People were all asking me why Ashley was the second highest priced person in the challenge game. Like, this is why Ashley is the second highest priced person in the challenge game. Dude. Well, we also don't know when she's going to go home. Yeah, she could win. Though. She's either going to go out early or win the damn thing. Yeah. Or make to the final. It's one of those three. Like, she's not going to just go home in the middle or towards the end of the season. It's like, no. So what, she's what either going out she... early in a blaze of glory or she's going to the final. One of the two. Yeah. So, so do we, what do we think happens here, really? Is it Nelson's, like, not intending to do anything with Berna and it gets misconstrued? Or is Nelson just being Nelson and kind of falling into something? Like, No. I mean, I think what was happening is he was hooking up with Ashley super casual they like weren't even uh like no one like no one thought that there was like any commitment going on whatsoever and then he starts talking to berna and then ashley became tried to make it seem like she was more interested in nelson than she was originally and i think nelson was caught off guard by that uh-huh yeah he was definitely exactly caught off guard yeah and based on the preview episode they're casually hanging out because they live down the street from each other in Austin, Texas. 
So the fact that they might be hooking up, you know, for funsies off the show, and then they kind of are hooking up on the show for funsies on the show too. The fact that Nelson was kind of paying attention and flirting with another girl, like that's the kind of shit that Ashley's going to lose her mind about. Like to me, if you're, if you're hooking up with Ashley, you are playing with fire. If you ain't going to put a ring on that girl's finger, she will bite your ass off at some point. Remember on rivals three, when she was hooking up with Jamie Cara's cousin. And then there's one episode where like, it's just something weird. like something happened that didn't happen. And then, she thought that Nicole Nani's cousin had made out with Jamie at the bar and she like yeah. lost her Loses her mind. <laughs> and then Jamie uh, walks in the bathroom and she starts like screaming at him. And yeah. he's like, what in the world? No, Nicole walks in the bathroom and she's they, like, well, she, get she that bitch out of here. And just freaking out. Yeah. Like just good Lord. And by the way, how obliterated was Ashley in that fight that occurred outside the club? Like, she couldn't even see straight. She was so was, out of it. That was back back at the house. Because yeah. at that point, Amber B was just in street clothes. Um, mm-hmm. And it was Amber B and Huey trying to, like, uh, <laughs> talk Ashley down. And she kept calling Bertha. What did she call her? Bertha? She called her Bertha. Yeah. That's just not knowing somebody's name, right? That's not mispronouncing anything. That's just not no, knowing it's her. No, it's her knowing what her name is and her calling her... Or a yeah. name that is a different name and seemingly trying to get under his skin. Yeah, it, it, it's the drunk name. So do we think this is bad for Berna and she could just kind of like be a target because Ashley has power and then... All the rookies are targets. All the yeah. rookies are... are well, but I mean, right in, the, 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 in, the, in the scale of who's the next rookie to be targeted. I mean, let's I only... right now. Who do we... Which rookies do we think are in the best position, and which ones do we think are in the worst? Like, are, are we any are, are we confident in any of them being in slightly better positions than others? I mean, my thing is like I feel like there's almost an inverse correlation between the ones who know what's going on and the ones who might be around a little bit longer. Yeah, because it seems like the Priscillas and the you know Esthers and Tashas of the world who seem like they have a bit of a clue about what's happening could yeah. also be people that they that's want to get rid of because they have a clue yeah. of what's going on. Mm, Whereas, I, don't like, know. I think God, Priscilla's. Priscilla's sitting pretty right now, I think. I, I guess Nelson's in enough has enough equity where she might she might be able to ride for a little. Tasha, I yeah. think, is in, in real trouble because her and Jeremiah are another double rookie pairing. So yeah. that could be a problem. I think Gabo is in a great place because he just is excited to be on American TV and he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. So they can, that though, it's it's like he's easily oh, controlled. Okay. Let's talk he, about that. Gal- he's Gal- like in a good position when like <laughs> Philip is in a good position on Redemption Island because Rob is taking him to the end. Like that's, Gal- that's the good Gal- position Gal- he's talks, in. Gobble talks this episode about how growing up he saw the Jersey Shore and it was his <laughs> dream to be on American television. Come on. <laughs> he is gold. Like TV gold. I mean, and it looks like he's a lot of fun to party with. So he's kind of in the big easy slot. And I don't mean that he as really a slide is. on easy. Like, they're going to string him along for a while because he's imagine, funny, he's entertaining, and he's a threat to no one in the final. Well, imagine how insulting that was just to him. You said he's in the Big Easy slot, and I don't mean to offend Big Easy. Like, he's, <laughs> Big Easy is not the one. Well, I don't want to offend <laughs> Big Easy because Big right. Easy, in a sense, redeemed himself on All-Stars. I, I bagged okay. on one, him. One and elimination. I, I really he, he finished the final. I didn't think he was going to finish that final, and he did. So, like, I have to give the man his props. <laughs> I have bagged on these people. And I feel like part of our show, why we people like us is we're fair. We might have differing opinions, but at least we need to be fair. And I need to be fair to Big Easy. He proved me wrong. So I don't want to bash the guy. How did, how did Big Easy prove you wrong? Big, I thought I Big Easy did exactly what we, we thought he would do. Well, I just didn't think he was going to finish the final. Like, oh, I didn't, didn't think I didn't. I did I not. I mean, he, I think he finished. I mean, he was yeah. really close, right? Because some, if he would have, uh, who is he partners with at the very, at the eating one, right? Yeah, it was oh, Jemmy, yeah, right? with Jemmy. Yeah. yeah, dude, he was pretty much like waiting for Jemmy to say, "I can't." He was do trying it, to get he her to quit. Basically. Basically. He was yeah. like, "I'm done." Like, if you quit, yeah. I think he was cool with quitting if somebody else like Which forced is... him to. But he still, he still nutted up and finished. So, like, Which he is... didn't have to, and he did. That's a really like interesting addition from an editor's perspective, right? They try and tell that story for Big Easy, and they include that. I'm glad they did. Right, yeah. it makes it much yeah. more interesting. It really does. Uh, so, but to I, relate I, this back to Gabo, like Gabo's sitting good because he's a threat to zero. Like, no, he's his partner too. Like, and she's really not a threat to anybody either. So, you know, 
it's one of those things where you can take them to the end because they're not going to win a daily mission, probably, unless by some sheer stroke of luck, something happens. Of a performer he is. Like, if he gets in a hall brawl, is he, well, he said he's popcorn muscle, so I guess yeah, like, he wouldn't do so. I just don't he think wrong. he is. Like, the, the Kaiser so, Sose strategy. Like, yeah. let's well, he told us that, though. He didn't tell us from what we saw. He yeah. didn't tell and, them And that. I told you is that the joke is on us as well. Yeah, exactly. I see, yes. So, we, it's we one of those deals. Cool. It's I, one I of those... I just can't see this this buffoon like it's like it's just one of those things where he's just getting you, you know what I mean like he it's like I, I like when we come out of this season are we gonna say Gobble was more impressive or Kells like maybe he's in a good position that he'll hang around for a while I just yeah. have a very hard time seeing Kells is gonna make a much better impression but Gobbo if you're a vet. You look at Gabo and you go, I'm saving him for when I might have to go in towards the end of the season because he's an easy win. Or if you get lucky enough and he and Nani make it to the final, they ain't getting through the final together and winning. So, like, you want to hang on to Gabo. Like, I feel like he's in a great spot. He's not going to win, but he's going to hang around a long time, I think. So... Yeah, I think Gob- as far as rookies go, Gobbo is definitely in a good position, I think. Um, I honestly don't think the Survivor people, and the Survivor people being Michelle and Tommy, I don't think they're in that bad of a spot. Their names literally just didn't come up this episode somehow. I, I just think it was based on how the power dynamic shifted. Like we saw last episode when, I mean, last season, excuse me. Like Wes has that one episode where he's really not mentioned in this. He has the heat on in the first episode. He's not really mentioned that much in the second episode, and it's all back on him on the third episode. And he's he's basically an elimination. Like I just think, I don't know. I I just don't. I I think that he could so, very much swing back the other direction on him. Who who won the mission last week? It was Anissa um, and Anissa her partner. And yeah, Anissa's Anissa's first mission win that she always picks up. But it was really the house that put them in over the idea that they were scheming, right? And that they had the list going. I mean, to some degree, but it was also they were going to put in a double rookie. And like we said, that Emily was able to get the target off of her a little bit. Yeah, I know. I know, right? So now I, I think that's what a lot of it was. Like, what are the odds week, that was one like, of I, I said like last the, week that it, it was really the, like the narrative, right? It was the story that the house told themselves about how they could put, um, who was it? Michaela and Brennan in. Right. Yeah. Even though, like, seemingly, like, there could have been nothing going on. Go ahead. Like, what are the odds we give that it's one of Michelle and Corey or Jeremiah and Tasha who are the house vote next week? High, because it's double rookie pairs, and that's really all yeah, that matters. Yeah, right? I, I legit they think really, it's like 80, 80, 85%. They really didn't have a reason for why to vote Kelsen this week, right? That Josh pretty much fabricated this. Uh, he just tried to gaslight him. And Kelsen he didn't make, tell make the whole truth. With people, when really, it, was, it just comes down to the fact Kels was a good rookie. He was also partnered with a, another rookie. It makes complete sense to put him in. And that's probably what's going to happen again next week. Yep. Especially if a vet wins. Like if a vet wins the daily, which a vet probably will. Uh, yeah, they're they're toast. Because the thing is, even if one of the rookie pairs wins and the other one just gets voted in by the house vote. Yeah, totally. I, mean, I, I even think arguing almost which rookie is in the best position is just, all right, which rookie is going to be led along the most by the Veterans Alliance and then get totally. cut off at the end. So Gabo, yeah. Yeah, that's what we said, Gabo. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gabo. Of all the rookies that have a shot to make the final, I would I would put 10 bucks that he is the rookie that gets the furthest in the game. I, if you have he, to pick a rookie. If I, I think have Huey's to pick a rookie. In, I think Huey's in a pretty similar boat. No, I think I being know. chained with Ashley's bad, just bad juju for him. Why? Because Ashley's going to do something fucking stupid at some point. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that. Like, but what is what was she going to do to get the two of them thrown in? Dude, look at what happened in Total Madness, dude. Like, she can just go off at any moment. And but get this the is house a completely different scenario. This is a scenario where she's part of the power group that has complete control over everything. And Total Madness, everybody had to go in at some point. And she alienated the power group. Yeah. I think you just have to decide, like, if you're the Amandas of the world that are in tight with her, if this situation with Nelson explodes, which it has every indication that that's going to just completely have a huge meltdown at some point, 
are you more willing to keep Ashley who can be a bit unstable and crazy at times? Doesn't mean anything bad about you, Ashley, but inside the game, you can be a little out there sometimes. I think she would openly admit that. Herself. I think she, she would, would openly very admit open that. about saying that she, she can be uh, a lot to handle in the, I mean, there's a reason that she keeps getting casted. Yes, exactly. Or are you going to keep Nellie T who's, you know, regardless like he'll get in some fights but he's been he's been on his best behavior since dirty 30 like he'll have some moments but like i he's mean on really total received... madness he, he's like every other episode where he, he's he's mixing it up and stuff i i have a very hard time buying that the two of them are going to come to the point where they're actually like targeting each other i don't see that happening i don't know they're going to target each other it's just something stupid's going to happen and the house is going to have to get rid of one of them I, I doubt that i very much doubt that I think they're both like in very good position to make the final as it stands. Okay, I won't argue with it, but I, I just, I just don't see that situation ending well. All right, so, so instead of us talking about which veterans are in the best position, let's just talk about our power rankings because yeah, at this point that's synonymous. On. Hey, before we uh, do that, because before we do that, I feel like there's one other thing we need to talk about. Um, with the partner switching stuff, Devin, you kind of hinted at this. This version of partner switching is light years better than the double agents thing with the rogue agent. The fact that we're eliminating two people at a time yeah. and it's staying even the whole way through, like kudos to Peter Murray too. and it's the so producers for, for fixing that problem because this partner switching thing is phenomenal. And it was last year, but the whole rogue agent thing made it a little wonky. They fixed it this year. And this is like that format that I've been dreaming of for a long time is this partner switching so that the politics have to keep evolving. Like, now that you don't we'll have the we'll rogue agent sitting evolve. out, I'm 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 very happy with how this goes. Yeah, I'm pretty satisfied with the format to this point. Uh, I I do think it's going to be pretty easy for the rest to kind of just snowball. I do think if they had like oh. last place going in or some type of edit to the missions format, that that would. I be think I think what like killed any breath that a rookie alliance had was last week when TJ said that they could put any two people into elimination. Yeah, and they didn't definitely. have to pick a pair. That absolutely yeah. just like pulled the life support. Because that was my whole, my, that was my whole thing. I just thought format dependent that like it was going to be hard because the vet, there was just weren't going to be that many pairs for them to pick between that were double rookies. But now you only need one double rookies pair instead of two, and then the other one you just pick. In hindsight, like we probably should have seen like something that like that coming because they really were in the promos for the season pumping up the idea of the all veterans. Alliance. Yeah, I was just trying to wrap my head around how that would have functioned, um, and then yep. I found out after now we do. More. And then the other thing, Devin, you made the joke at the beginning of the show. Emmy calling TJ Mr. TJ was fucking hysterical. Mr. TJ, it it was so funny. And then at the end of the episode where TJ called her Miss at the end, like Miss Emmy, Emmy, it was just really funny off the cuff. Like this challenge. Yeah, this challenge is light years well, Kels didn't really have much in episode one at all. Yeah. He had everything with Tori. Uh, I, get, I mean, she, she's she been all over both these episodes. Yeah. The thing that I, I, I've noticed, and I said it last week, it really looks like the cast is actually enjoying this game. The last two seasons, it felt like it was really mentally tough and they weren't having as much fun. This looks like they're having fun with the politics. There's times where people are getting pumped up. They're clapping more enthusiastically. The the joking around in the deliberation with Esther when she said what she did. Like the, the fact that they're in a better location and they're getting some sunlight and they're all in a better mood, it's making the season better. So I'm extremely happy so far with what I've seen. And I'm excited again to see what happens next week. What's Kel's real name? Oh, here we Kal- go. Kalichi. And who are we talking about? Kel's versus... Emmy, in terms of episode time? Yeah, so I'm looking up the confessional accounts right now. And I have them right here. They had the exact same number of confessionals. They both had five. So in this episode? And then last no, episode? No, in, in the first episode. Okay. In the first episode, there were four people that had six. And then uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Eight I have them. People. It's funny. I have them both with five again this episode. Yeah. Um. She she's the perfect kind of hypocrite that's casted for the show. 
She really is. Like, I mean, being a hypocrite yeah. is like uh, item number one and being casted on the challenge. Like, yep. unintentionally, the hypocrite. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, we, all right, let's do it. Yeah, rankings. Let's get winner rankings. Um, so, Rob, go ahead. All right. Um, for the men, I wouldn't change it from last week. Nelson, one. Corey, two. Devin, three. For the woman... Um, I still go Tori. I still go Tori one, Amanda two, Nani three. Um, that, that is what I had last week. Wait, say that again. Tori, Tori, Amanda, Nani. Amanda, Nani. And then for overall, Nelson, Tori, Amanda. I do think like there could be someone who kind of just stumbles into a win here, just based on how this format's looking. If the final plays out the same way it was last season, where it's pairs, remember you could switch pairs in the final last season; it just didn't happen. Yeah. Um. And that, like, I mean, if we, we get to the final and it's like Nelson, Devin, and Josh, and Corey, and then on the guy side, and then on the female side, it's Nani, Amanda, you know, I don't know, whoever. Like, I, I just think there's a, a way that somebody we wouldn't expect to have a shot to win a season get, gets one here. Okay. Trace? What did I pick last week? I don't remember. For the men, you had Nelson, Corey, uh, CT. For the women, you had Tori, Amanda, Casey. All right. I would flip Amanda and Tori. I think Amanda's one, Tori's two, and then Casey. And then overall, I still think all three women, I feel much stronger about than the men. I feel like the men Wait, that so side. For the men, what did you say? Um, The same three. Like, I feel like the same three are still accurate. Um okay. The women, I would flip and make Amanda one, Tori two, and then Casey three. And I still feel stronger that right now I would put all three women as my top three overall. I'm just not that confident on the male side yet. There's just too much volatility happening. And, you know, I never want to count CT out, but they have not really given him much screen time. They've really been highlighting these new characters. And we've talked about this before in the edit where you know, screen time does not necessarily mean you're going to win in the challenge because we've seen it happen all the time. Yes, was not heavily featured on All-Stars wins the season. A lot of other indicators of that that have happened through the years. It's not like Survivor where Edgic has gotten so educated now where it's like you can pretty much figure out who's going to win Survivor about halfway through. I can't say the same thing on the male side. CT's not gotten any screen time. Nelson's gotten a lot of screen time. But that doesn't necessarily mean anything. And then Fessy is getting the hero edit right now. And then Josh is looking really good. But, like, that doesn't mean anything to me yet. Like, so it's only been, I, I only been two episodes out of 19. Yeah, I just don't have enough of a sample size to have a good guess. I feel way more confident on the women, period, than I do the men right now. Okay. So I'm going to go Amanda... Amanda one, Tori three, and I guess Ashley two. For the men, I'm going to go Fessy one. I'm going to go Corey two, and then Nelson. And then for overall, I'm going to go Amanda. Actually, I'm going to go Amanda. For the women, I'm changing it. I'm going to go Amanda, Casey, Tori. And then I'm going to go overall, I'm going to go Amanda, Fetsy, Casey, I guess. Okay. All aboard cool. the Amanda train. Wow. I was, the, I was the one who was pumping her up before the season. She's yeah, in a then, great spot. <laughs> what, like we like we talked about, uh, someone, despite how shitty this cast is, someone has to win one um, and two. Like she's like she couldn't be getting a better edit. She's in complete control, um, and the only reason that they've included her in the episode to this point have been for positive reasons overall. What are the chances she sees an elimination this season? Close to zero. Yeah, extremely minimal. You know, so you can always find your way to fall into one, though. Yeah, we're just saying there's a low probability. 
so what, like 30%? The way that she gets thrown in is if the Big Brother teams towards the very end of the game when it's going to be mostly vets, they're going to have to pick somebody to go in and they're going to pick her probably because they haven't played with her before. I mean, it I could just, think, just be like Tori. I just think the, the, the three big, big Brother people plus Devin, those four I think are really tight this season. We'll see. Yeah, and then who knows how how close Michelle is with them, right? Like Rob, like you brought up, it could be the reason that Michelle and Tommy didn't get uh, brought up in this conversation because they're really tight with Big Brother too, and they don't want necessarily want the other veterans to know about that. Indeed. All right. Good stuff. For the second episode that we do this week, we'll do another one. Um, Later in the week, what that will be, uh, we don't know yet. Uh, if you'd like to give us a recommendation on what we should do, message us on Patreon, message us in Discord. You can also email us for anything in general at thechallengechronicles at gmail.com. If you'd like to become a patron again, we'd really appreciate it. You can go to patreon.com slash thechallengechronicles. Uh, what else? I think that was it. I think that's it. I think we good, man. We'll be back uh, with you again next week to cover episode three of Spies, Lies, and Allies. Have a good week.